This is Tech Talk with your host, Tom Dioria. Tom will spend the next hour making your life with technology a little easier with explanations of the different aspects of today's technology and how it can benefit your home, small office, or enterprise. Now here's your host, Tom Dioria. Welcome to IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. It's the first Sunday of May, May 3rd, 2015. We're on at 6 p.m. in the New York listening area and 3 p.m. in Arizona. And today we're live from our New York offices, and we're going to be discussing an interesting topic, something that you may or may not have heard of, but I know you'll know what it is once we get into it, the Internet of Things. And our guest is June Severino Feldman, so I think you're going to enjoy this. I'm Tom DiOre. I'm the CEO of Information Methods Incorporated, and together with our weekly guests, our show will help our listeners, whether a business or home technology user, make better use of all aspects of technology. Just in case you're a first-time listener, in our first segment, Tech Talk provides you a review of last week's most significant events in technology. We start with an increased coverage of New York's technology scene, and we follow this with an industry-wide report, which could contain information on conferences, announcements by vendors, new releases of software equipment, or new contract opportunities. One or more guests followed us from many aspects of business and industry, and if you wish us to consider a topic for a future show, you can email your suggestions to Tech Talk. That's T-E-C-H-T-A-L-K at IMI-US.com. And we'll get back to you pretty quickly. Anytime after our show introduction, please give us a call or send us email questions with questions on today's topic or anything else that we may be able to help you with. Um, you can uh, call 277-KFNX if you want to ask us questions live. That's 277-5369. And if you're outside the uh, 602 listening area, call us toll-free at 1-866-536-1100. You can send us email questions throughout the, day, uh, throughout the show using uh, that email address I just gave you, techtalk at imi-us.com. We're also being simulcast on the web, so if you can't get to your radio but you want to listen to us live, you can go to KFNX's website, and that is 1100kfnx.com. And if you want to listen to this show again or any of our previous shows, go to our website, which is imi-us.com. In the upper right-hand corner is the Tech Talk button. You can click on that. Uh, all the shows are archived. You can download them, send them to your friends, listen to them as many times as you want. It's free, so please take advantage of that. And please call any time during the show, and we'll try and get you on as quickly as possible. First segment, how we can review it's an increased coverage of technology events in New York City and around the world. And it's compiled by Dan DiOria, Dave Brandon, and Jose Batista. Okay, we have a number of things we want to uh, talk to you about. And uh, one of the things, I'm sure you've been following all the demonstrations that have been going on in Baltimore and around the country. And uh, you know that if you're a regular listener, we work uh, closely um, with public safety agencies in New York City. And um, we were covering the uh, demonstration uh, that they had in New York City that started at Union Square and uh, resulted in a number of civil arrests by the police department, but uh, did not result in any damage or any any uh, injuries. And... Uh, in our coverage of that and our discussions with the NYPD, 
Um, they were only arresting people that were blocking the flow of traffic or inhibiting people from getting one, from one place to another. And uh, it's their belief that uh, they cut off similar types of, of situations, even though there was a, a tremendous uh, outpouring. Um, and uh, we're going to get some more information on the technology that they used in that and, and give you that uh, next week. Okay. Um, Bloomberg tells us that Rebit, the remittance product of Satsoshi Citadel Industries, SCI, is launching its new targeted remittance service. Aside from cashing out their Bitcoin to be sent to loved ones, Filipinos overseas can now directly pay for their families' bills and load phones through Bitcoin via rebit.ph. With over 91 bill payment options and five e-load providers, rebit.ph takes over the last mile of paying out your bills so you can now pay your utility, telephone, cable bills, or even load your phone online wherever you are through Bitcoin. One of the largest problems overseas Filipino breadwinners face is the possible misuse of funds sent home. An oft-heard story is that of breadwinners constantly sending money home to their families only to find out that their funds were squandered and used unwisely for other than their intended use. With the launch of targeted remittances overseas, breadwinners are now able to pay an active role in their family's finances as their funds are guaranteed directed only towards paying their bills. AM New York tells us that New York's starting to beat California when it comes to the tech industry. We all knew that. Uh, for the first time, the surge placed the state slightly ahead of California as the top spot for new companies looking for investors, with 17.7% of the nation's share versus the Golden State 176 Two most popular categories for startups are Internet web services and consumer products and services. Experts predict this trend toward the East Coast will continue as tech companies, big and small, demonstrate that New York loves these successes and helps them right along. Big Apple entrepreneurs are creating apps, hardware, and software that benefit other industries such as business, fashion, and entertainment. And our guests can tell us a little bit more about that because they're a New York company. The tech sector has emerged as one of the leading industries in the city, accounting for 291,000 jobs and over $30 billion in wages annually. Consumer Electronics tells us that Revolar is a simple and discreet wearable safety device that allows users to call for help when they need it most. One press of Revelar's small buttons and an emergency alert text message with location information to the user's preset contact list. Revelar is crowdfunding on Kickstarter to raise $75,000 and is currently less than $8,000 away from its funding goal. Jacqueline Ross, the founder and CEO of Revelar, was inspired to create the device after her young sister was assaulted twice before the age of 17. The Revolar device is approximately the size of a quarter and features a 360-degree button so users can easily find a grip to press the button during an emergency. It has been designed with discretion and empowerment in mind and can easily be worn under clothing, visible to no one but the wearer. So it's gender neutral and can be worn in men and women of all ages. So that's pretty cool. Keep an eye on that. Recode tells us that uh, when online shopping startup Jet.com said it had 
raised a $140 million investment. Its announcement included a mention of the unnamed strategic investors. The mystery is partly solved. A person familiar with the deal said that Alibaba, the world's most valuable e-commerce company, invested in that round. Though the size of the investment could not be learned, Forbes first reported that news, but originally said Alibaba's investment had not yet been disclosed. The funding is interesting for several reasons, but most notably because it appears to be the first Alibaba investment in a direct U.S. competitor of Amazon, Jet.com, which is scheduled to launch uh, to beta users in a uh, week, uh, is building a marketplace to promise to store for shoppers the lowest price on the web for each of the millions of products it sells. Customers will pay a $50 a year fee to access to the deals. Okay, and quickly, PC World tells us that an initiative between Apple, IBM, and Japan Post Holdings could put iPads in the hands of up to 5 million members of Japan's elderly population. The iPads will run custom apps from IBM tailored to the needs of the Japanese elderly who make up about a quarter of the country's population. The programs will remind people to take their medication, offer diet and exercise information, and connect them to services like grocery delivery, among other tasks. The tablets will also come with standard Apple software like FaceTime for communication, iTunes for organizing music, and photos for managing pictures. Okay, so that sounds like a very useful thing. The iPads will supplement Japan's post-watch over-service where, for a monthly fee, postal employees check on elderly residents and relay information on their well-being to family members. So we're going to take a break now. This is Tom DiOrio on IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. It's May 3rd, 2015. And after the break, we're going to come back with June Severino Feldman and talk about the Internet of Things. And during the break, we'll be Google IoT. Please stay tuned. We're going to be right back after these messages. Welcome back to IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. I'm Tom Diori. It's the 3rd of May, 2015. And as I mentioned to you before the break, uh, we're going to be speaking to June... Severino Feldman about the Internet of Things. Very interesting topic. Um, June is responsible for all marketing and PR efforts at Intelligent Product Solutions, a full-service high-tech product design and development company. Uh, she began her life of tech in the digital graphics art field, selling and implementing systems for remote image development, collaboration, asset management, largely to fashion and cosmetic firms. Uh, June came to IPS in 2010 and has built the company's brand messaging and facilitated successful SEO, which is now a regular source of lead generation for the firm. With a small team, June also leads marketing service products for IPS's clients. These services include content collateral development, video scripting and production, and software and hardware product branding, sales training, voice of the customer reporting, events planning and innovation consulting, and she is an instrumental musician and singer, an avid cook, a beach lover, and a diehard New Yorker. So, June, when do you have time for anything? (laughs) 
My goodness. Managed to fit it all in. I, stay, I do stay very busy. I will say that. Okay, so the title of today's show is The Internet of Things. What does that mean? Okay, so the Internet of Things is a term uh, for technology that's actually been around for a while, but you know, is it is in um, it's at a time where it's about to explode. So, really, what it is is connections between what we call dumb things, like um, like your front door, let's say, and we put a sensor on it, and all of a sudden, your front door becomes a smart thing because it can send uh, a smarter appliance or application somewhere, the message that it's been opened or closed, let's say. Uh, and then all that information can be um, gathered somewhere and sent to someone who cares about it, like you if your front door has been opened and, and uh, you're not home and you're not expecting anyone to be in your house. Uh, and it's just it's all about to explode because you know, wireless connection is everywhere sensors are everywhere. Uh, the costs for all these things have come down dramatically in the last 10 years. So it's just kind of a, it's a, the perfect storm. Well, we have noticed that, that, uh, you know, as with anything technological, they usually start high and as they become a little bit more pervasive, the prices go down. Why don't we focus a little bit more on uh, these Internet of Things uh, in addition to the door stripe, but what are some of the other things that you feel are more exciting or more in the vanguard? Uh, so so uh, we've worked on a couple of things recently that we really like. Uh, one is, is still very much in the development phase, but it won the Intel Make It Wearable competition at the Consumer Electronics Show. Uh, and uh, they won a, a great, like I think they won a half a million dollars. It's a product called Nixie. And what it is, it's essentially a, a worn, uh, it's a cell phone camera but you wear it on your wrist and you can um you know flip it flip it off your wrist and it becomes a quadcopter like a little drone and it can go off and take pictures of you while you're doing whatever you're doing outside or and then come back to you when it's in boomerang mode that's pretty scary so you could be on that you could be mountain climbing if you if you look uh flyingnixie.com is their website um, if you look, there's videos that describe the use case for it. And you could be, you know, hiking in the woods and it can follow you. You can be biking. You can be climbing on the side of a mountain. It will, you know, leave your wrist, go out, take an amazing picture of you while you're climbing the mountain, and then come back to you. How does that work? Do you know how that works? I mean, how does it find you? Is it like a boomerang? And no, it actually is a directed drone. It actually has, um, you know, like like chopper blades on it, like but little ones. And it's, That's it's directly and controlled by your cell phone. Have you played with one? I'm sorry. Have you played with one? Uh, I've I've looked at, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. We did some very early, um, you know, kind of materials consulting for for them. Um, uh, you know, as they were developing the first prototype that was going to be shown at the Consumer Electronics Show. It's 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 an amazing it's an amazing thing. I mean, it's got a long way to go because obviously, as you can imagine, there's regulations and all kinds of of, of other issues that need to be addressed. But um, they're moving along. You should, should, now, should look at the website now. Very you know, a lot of these things start out at I don't want to say toys because they're expensive gadgets with a lot of right. intelligence. But um, um, 
Do you think they're actually going to uh, play a major role in changing the way we live and the way we work? I mean, obviously, increasing the security of our home or our office by knowing somebody's in your house that you don't want there or letting you gain an experience like this little helicopter thing you were talking about that you normally wouldn't have ha ever had the option to do. I mean, do you see it going in that direction of being a major factor? Well, uh, I'll say this. I think that um, there's, there's, there are two big markets that will be affected. One is the you know, the business to business or the enterprise market, and the other is the consumer market. And I think for the consumer, for us as individuals, the things that are going to be important to us are different than what's going to be important to the big businesses. This is the case with anything really, but but for us as people, I think the the way IoT um, or Internet of Things is going to change the way we live is that. Um, the particular things that interest me are the the ability to be connected and to actually have the ability to um, to kind of track either what an elderly loved one in a in a nursing home to actually track how they're doing maybe even um, some vitals maybe the kind of exercise that they're getting in a day um, you know just being able to check in on them without being invasive. Uh, you know, the same thing with children. You know, people have a lot of tracking. They're tracking apps out there now for, you know, where is your child, that sort of thing. Um, I think that that's, you know, that really can make a difference in an individual's life if you're responsible for for taking care of, of someone who's, who's, you know, you can't be next to all the time. Uh, I think the home security thing is, is big. Um, it's just it, I, I think maybe not as big as the the um, the connectivity thing. I think just convenience for the consumer. Um, you know your refrigerators. There are sensors or that that are that can sense capacity or the amount of certain things that are in a particular area. So if your refrigerator can you know either tell you when it's time to buy other things or actually buy them for you and have them delivered to your house. I mean, this is all not science fiction. This is all something that's that's very possible and around the corner. Um, and then there's also the smart grid. There's ways you can save if you own a house. There's all kinds of, there's even a retrofit product called IntelliDyne that you can retrofit onto your, your heating, ventilating, and air conditioning system and, you know, parse when you use energy and, and, and either you save enough money that you can sell it back to the utility or, you know, save yourself a lot of money. Um, so it's that type of thing. And then also um, I think for the consumer uh, there are some medical applications, like, you know, being reminded to take medication, that sort of thing. Tell me a little bit more about this thing that lets me track my elderly or my uh, relative that might be in a in a home that I want to keep track of. What what type of device is that? Well, okay, so I mean, let's say uh, you want to know how much exercise someone's getting. You want to know if they have they gotten out of their chair today, right? Let's say they use a cane. You can just fit the cane with a sensor, like a regular pedometer sensor, right? And you can know how many steps the person's take, taken this day, right? You have the correct, it's all done through an application, obviously. Those applications have to be written for that purpose. But, you know, on your phone or whatever you're using to connect with the Internet, you can tell whether or not someone has, has moved around that day and how much they have moved around that day. 
to get a That's sense of cool. their well-being, make sure they're getting the exercise they need. That's pretty cool. It's uh, May 3rd, 2015. We're talking about the Internet of Things, which uh, has its own acronym, IOT. And our guest today is June Saravino Feldman. So please stay tuned. We're going to be right back after these messages. Welcome back to IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. I'm Tom Dioria. We're talking about the Internet of Things with our guest, June Severino Feldman. It's the 3rd of May, 2015. And uh, before the break, uh, June was telling us about some interesting applications um, from the consumer side. One of the things you mentioned um, is apps needing to be written for, like, tracking the 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 number of steps with a, a cane and the like. Are apps keeping up with all this stuff that's coming out? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's created... Um it's created a, a new challenge, a, a, a new challenge for companies like like ours, um, in that the applications that have to they have to integrate workflow between from a machine to a machine, right? So from uh, a sensor wherever it is to your cell phone or whatever you're using to collect data. Um, and and that ha- you know there's a lot of places things can go wrong there. So it's a mach- kind of machine to machine workflow. And then there's also the machine to the human being workflow, right? And and the challenge there is that the software people uh, who have been writing applications forever now are in very close collaboration with the designers who are actually designing the interface and the way your applications look and how they flow and how they work. Uh, so what your experience is as the consumer, and that's that's new. Um, that's an area of very intense collaboration that really has only become important and and started to develop probably over the last five five years. Even it's really very recent. So that's a, it's a challenge because companies were were typically not set up that way for that kind of collaboration, and it's a very important one. But the apps themselves, the technology of 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 mobile application development is very much, you know, is very much, you know, ready for this. We talked a little bit about consumers. I'd like to talk about B2B, but first I want to go back to something else you said in the first segment. What are some of the security and cybersecurity issues around IoT? I mean, you you briefly touched on it with uh, the risk helicopter photography. Right. What are some of the other issues? Well, um, there are a number of them. Uh, certainly the more we're the more we're connected and the more, um, you know, to, and to the more things we're connected to, uh, there is a greater chance, uh, even with, with being secure, as secure as you possibly, possibly can be, there's a greater chance of getting hacked, you know, of getting, you know, unwanted messaging, of, of catching viruses, that sort of thing. Um, so the security industry is very much on top of it. Uh, however, um, there's always a chance that things can go wrong. You know, there's, there's bad guys who know how to hack and there's good guys who know how to hack and it's just a question of who's ahead of who at any given time. Um, the other, the other issues are, you know, kind of global safety in terms of, 
of, you know, being able to, people have, will have, let's say, implanted medical devices that are connected to the Internet. Um, there is a possibility that things like that could be hacked or that airline systems could be hacked. Um, so those are, those are kind of the threats and the challenges, and they're being dealt with and they're being addressed, but they're scary to think about. Yeah, I was always wondering if I had this security system, you know, I had cameras looking at my doors and inside my house and these alert things. Uh, somebody could hack into that and actually see what's going on inside my house. So that's always made me a little nervous. But yeah, you, you, as you I, say, I they are working on making sure that these is, are secure as I possible, but they're I mean, as, as secure as the um, the router or the um, firewall I have in my house, right? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, we work with a company called Canary that makes one of these home security devices. It's, it's actually just hit the market. Um, and, you know, uh, I agree with you. I mean, the, the device itself is incredible and does incredible work. Um, but, but you're correct. I mean, it, it, it is a lot, there's a lot of ways in, put it that way. So I, I know that um, the cybersecurity industry is really very much on top of, of everything it can be, but there's always the possibility of things going wrong. Are there privacy issues here with IoT? Um, I guess they sort of follow the same, um, you know, the same sort of trajectory as the security issues. Um, I think if privacy is very, very, very important to any individual or to any company, that the responsibility really will be on them to be very careful about what kinds of platforms they're on to stay on top of you know, all the security downloads. I mean, what happens with, with individuals is that we all kind of classically get lazy, right? You're not supposed to use the same password on everything. We all use the same password on everything. You're not supposed to. So, so it's the same kind of issues that we've had with surfing the net, only, you know, magnified a little bit more, right? Because there'll be many, many more things connected. So the pathways in to our, you know, to invade our privacy, or will, will there will be more possible pathways in. Now, as you said, CES is a good place to see a lot of this uh, new technology, but there seems to be so much out there. How do you decide or how do you make your way through all of this? I mean, how do you decide if you want uh, Grand X or Y's home security system or I want a system that's going to uh, tell me when my wash is ready? Um, how do you wade through all that? Uh, it really, you really have to kind of decide what you want. It's kind of any other area where there are too many choices. Like at CES, there were probably about 50 million people who were selling cell phone covers. <laughs> I was like, how many cell phone covers could we possibly need in this world? Uh, you have to really, you, you have to really parse it out for yourself in terms of what your needs are. What is really going to work for you? You know, and that's a challenge. You know, I personally go into my refrigerator enough that I really don't need my refrigerator to tell me when I'm running out of milk. Um, but other people don't. And, other, you know, other people may travel more than I do or, you know, they may not cook as much as I do. Um, so it's really a question of what, what's going to work for you as, a, as an individual. What's going to work for your family? You know, and what are you comfortable with? Because, there, you know, there's all sorts of... 
And you know, those people that are people that are very techy and they just want every gadget and they have to have it as soon as it comes out. But we're not all like that. Yeah, I mean, do you have any experience with with people trying things out? Is it like a gym membership? It sounds like a great idea at the beginning of the year, and then you just let it lay fallow so people go out and get this technology and then never use it again. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. I mean, there's a learning curve with with a lot of the technology too, um, and I I think that you know some of them are people have gotten a lot better, but I think you know for, for some things maybe the the trouble may not be worth the effort. I mean, it may not be worth it, but with other things, let's say, like, um, you know, like some kind of medical app that you need or, or the, you know, wanting to save on your utility bills. And for some of the things, um, first of all, some of them have been very easy to use. Um, they just come ready to, like I know the Canary product does, we work on it. We're working on a smart pill bottle also called Adhere Tech that comes completely, you just take it out of the you take it out of the box and it's it's ready to go. But the pharmacy sets it up for you. Um, so some of these things are very easy. Uh, it's really just a question of of what what you need and what you want for for businesses too. Take the example of the iPhone six and it came out with this heart application. You know, or accounts number of steps and stuff. How many people actually use that data and where's it all being collected and do I really need well, it type stuff? I do use the pedometer. Um, but I do all the rest of it's kind of beyond me. I'd rather leave that up to my doctor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to take a break. This is Tom DiOrio. We're an IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. It's the 3rd of May, 2015. We're talking to June Severino Feldman about the Internet of Things, IOT. So now when you hear IOT, you'll know what that means. We're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to come back uh, with June and uh, talk a little bit more about the Internet of Things. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to IMI Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. It's the 3rd of May, 2015. I'm Tom Dioria. Our guest today is June Severino Feldman, and we're talking to you about the Internet of Things. And uh, in case you missed the uh, the introduction, uh, June is responsible for all marketing and PR efforts at Intelligent Product Solutions. June, why don't you tell us a little bit about what Intelligent Product Solutions are? Is Intelligent Product Solutions is a uh, product design and development firm. So that means we're. Uh, we're teams of designers who make products look beautiful, and we're teams of engineers who make them uh, work well uh, and make them, if it's a software product, we make them um, work efficiently and so that they're scalable for as many use- users as need to use a particular software application. And uh, for hardware products, uh, we make them manufacturable so you can uh, mass manufacture them. And we work with a lot of um, emerging technologies, so technologies that are coming out of the lab, and we turn them into products that can be sold and used in the marketplace. If our listeners want to follow up with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, Well, they can find me on the website. Uh, It's intelligentproduct.solutions is our website. And uh, if you... Log on to the team page. You'll see my information there. 
and uh, you can contact us through the website. Okay, great. So uh, you mentioned uh, uh, I, what IPS does. Uh, are there any uh, products you want to tell us about besides the one you already mentioned uh, in the IoT world? Uh, so we work, we work um, in a couple of very interesting areas. Um, one thing we're doing that is it's, it's, an, enter, it's an enterprise or it's a business product. Uh, we have a customer called Applied DNA, Applied DNA Sciences, and they developed a proprietary plant-based DNA marker. And it's the one of the use cases is as an anti-fraud device, as an anti-fraud uh, technique. So this DNA can be embedded, let's say, in in a luxury product like a you know Vuitton Vuitton bag. And if those bags are being knocked off. Uh, there would be a way of having something that could read whether or not the DNA is present in the bag, and if it's not there, you know it's fraud. So where, our, where we come in is we develop the technology that enables you to, to detect the presence of the DNA. So it's their kind of secret sauce. It's their product, but we turn it into a product that can be used and sold in the marketplace. So that's that's an interesting area. We also do um, some interactive vending and smart display work uh, for soft drink, uh, a big soft drink company. Um, we do a lot in wearables. We've developed for Motorola, which is now um, Zebra. Uh, we developed uh, a head, a, a fully operational headset computer that has. Um, a pod that sits in front of your eye and you look down into it. It's very small. It's about an inch wide. And you look into it and um, it's like looking at a 15-inch laptop screen and it's completely, the, the computer is completely voice-driven. So you, you talk to it and that's how you make it work. That sounds cool. Are these all out or you work do the work remote in? collaboration also with, with anyone, any, you know, wherever there's an Internet connection. Fantastic. What do you find are some of your major challenges in the whole IoT arena? The major challenges right now are making things simple enough. Um, because, and, and, and also, I think that there's a level of confusion in the market and with some clients in terms of exactly what they want, right? So, so there's a lot of choices and kind of the possibilities are endless and sort of na- narrowing it down to what's going to work well, what's going to be really efficient and understanding where to start. And for each market and for each type of customer that we have um, or that anybody would have, uh, it's different in every case, right? Where to start is, is, uh, is a challenge. Yeah, I mean, it... it uh... It sounds like most companies would want to get into the IoT area. Um, the benefits would seem to outweigh the the, the effort involved, but it's got to be um, pretty daunting for for a company. I mean, you mentioned the technology you're working on for the DNA of the bags. I mean, how would a company that's in that marketplace ever even think of that? Right. I mean, so they they wouldn't, but but applied DNA would, <laughs> so that it you know would be up to them to introduce it into into the luxury goods market, right? I mean, so the 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 really 
the really big companies also that that would be interested in in you know kind of introducing IoT into their own operations. I think their their interest in IoT is very different from from uh, you know for as from individuals and what they're really going for is the patterns and the correlations that they can see from collecting a lot of data over a long period of time. So it's what's kind of commonly called big data. That's what the big companies are, are going for. Um, you know, the, the, the medical companies, the drug companies, the uh, financial companies, security, you know, a big, a big thing, collect data over a long period of time for, for security. Um, you know, anybody who's, any retail, any retailer wants to know who's buying what, when, you know, are they buying it with other things? Where are they going in the store? What kind of pathways are they following? And that's valuable to them over, you know, to collect that data from multiple sources over a long period of time. Now, um, we talked about con- consumer use. We talked about business use. Is there a business-to-business IoT well, activity? Well, business-to-business in terms of communicating, I'm trying to think, you know, Perhaps if there was a company that was selling these, like, IoT services to a business, a business-to-business application, I mean, it really would be, I would say, like, there's a company that we work with called Wadio that's a data services exchange company. What we would do is that we would develop, as as IPS, we would develop the, the sensors and kind of set up the whole system that would maybe make, um, a company that that's a large scale baking company that would maybe monitor all their ovens, let's say, right? And they would want to know over a long period of time what's the correlation between, you know, ovens running too cold and a loss in sales or something like that. So that's kind of a that's kind of a B to B use. So we we would be the business approaching them and saying, you know, um, here we can do this for you. We can and they can set you up so you can collect this data over a long period of time, and you can collect it all on this data services exchange and parse it through that exchange to get the actual data that you want, the patterns that you want to see. Okay, gotcha. We got about a minute left, and uh, I got a question about you mentioned something called the smart grid. Ron wants to know how does he sell time or energy back to the to Con Edison. How do you sell energy back to Con Edison? Uh, I don't know if or not Con Edison has um, a program like that. I actually am a Con Edison um, customer myself. I don't know that they have that program, but they may. And there are, are because because of the laws in different states, it's different. There are laws in some states where you can collect, you know, solar energy and sell it back. Um, I'm not sure about Con Ed. But we could certainly okay. find out. Well, I'm unfortunately a ConEd customer as well. And on that note, I want to thank you uh, for being on the show. I think we learned some insight into what this whole IoT thing is all about. Thank you for You're taking the time welcome. to be with us out of your busy schedule. Thanks for having me. I want to thank uh, also Terry Ruggiero, IMI's president, Dave Brandon, Dan Diori, and Jose Batista for the Week in Review. Taylor is our producer. Matt Campagnes, our executive producer, and without the help of Robert Bomback from the KFNX AM 1100 production department. You wouldn't hear a word we said. 
Thanks again for listening, and please don't forget to tune in to Tech Talk next week at 6 o'clock, 6 p.m., in the New York listening area on KFNX AM 1100. Remember to send us your suggestions for future shows or ask us questions by sending an email to techtalk at imi-us.com. Have a great week, and thanks again for listening.